Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now, here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff, and I'm looking so forward to the program and your calls. This is a live call-in show. It's interactive. And we welcome your comments and your questions. And the phone number, if you'd like to be a part of the show, is 719-619-2341. That's 719-619-2341. I have a few announcements of some upcoming events that I know will be a blessing to you. First of all, on January the 27th, that's this Saturday, um, the Stan Foundation and the Called Church Service 2024 will be held at 700 Conference Center Drive, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23320, United States. Our guest speakers will be Andrew Walmack at that Stan Conference and the beloved Bishop E.W. Jackson. And many of you know that E.W., ran for president this election cycle, and I know that he'll have some, some interesting things, I'm sure, to say. And so it's the Stand, the Stand Foundation, and the Called Church Service. And again, Andrew will be speaking, and Bishop E.W. Jackson. That's January the 27th. That's this Saturday in Virginia. Great news, Flashpoint. Flashpoint is coming to Karis Bible College. Yes, they're going to be live brothers and sisters. Man, I sure hope you can be a part of that service. That's that's February the 8th and the 9th. February the 8th and the 9th, Flashpoint Live 2024. It'll be held right here on the Karis Bible College campus at 800 Gospel Truth Way, Woodland Park, Colorado, 80863. The speakers will be, of course, Gene Bailey, Andrew Walmack, Lance Walnow, Kylie Jean Tannehill, Mike Lindell, and man, Mike is just absolutely awesome, and I just admire his business. He's the founder of My Pillow, and uh, he's made a stand, and uh, boy, he's been courageous. So Mike Lindell will be there, Hank Kuhneman, Luke Ball, and Rick Green. Again, that's Flashpoint live right here on the Karis Bible College campus, February the 8th and the 9th. You can register at awmi.net slash events. And for your best viewing experience, you can log on right here at truthandliberty.net. Also want to always remind you of our website and the resources, and there are multiple resources available, resources for pastors to help inform and equip them in how to deal with some of the issues in our culture. And we have a 24-hour, seven-days-a-week news feed that's updated every 15 minutes with what's, what's going on that's current. And brothers and sisters, we need sources for, for news. Um, our main news outlets in our country today are not reporting news. 
They're creating propaganda and narratives for a political advantage. And wow, so many people are misled through the national media today. I've always seen their corruption my entire ministerial life, but to see where they've gone over the last few decades is just incredible. So you need a place, a source, where you can get information and hopefully make sound quality decisions for your life, for your families, and for our country. And of course, we've, we've already begun the election cycle, and the psychobabble is ramped up already <laughs> in the media. And uh, wow, just the propaganda already is amazing. This is going to be a highly contested, I'm sure, election because the people that are in power, I think they can see the handwriting on the wall. And as this third great awakening, as, as I choose to call it, begins to emerge, people are going to walk away from tyranny. They're going to walk away from, from abusive power. And this is something that we don't hear enough about as well. It's just the abuse of power, the abuse of power and authority at every level, whether it be in the home between parents and children, husbands and wives, or in the workplace, or especially now in our government. There are so many things being said, so many things going on that are just amazing and yet many of God's people are not equipped or prepared to, to see through all of this deception. One of the things that I just finished a series on, and I've shared a little here on the program, is Safeguards Against Deception. We're releasing those messages now, and they're available on my website. And uh, you, can, you can download those absolutely absolutely free at pastordwayne.com, pastordwayne.com. And we need to get better prepared even for this election cycle. Because again, I can remember when I was trying to make a stand in 2020 on election fraud and the need for election integrity. And there are still people today, many Christians and many circles I travel in that think there's something wrong with you if you even question the election, or if you thought there was election fraud, and we have some issues in the election integrity of our system, man, you were canceled on many social, social media outlets. I know I was. Many others were. You were called election deniers and things of that nature. And yet the same people, when they aren't in power and when they don't get elected, they not only question the elections, they attack people and, and accuse them, uh, in most cases, falsely. And, and yet if you just even ask questions, you're, you're accosted. Well, today, people want to know, do you still believe there was election integrity uh, compromised in 2020 or election fraud exercised and, and I say, absolutely, uh, then they think something's still wrong with you, and yet we see election interference going on right now before our eyes. Um, and again, my heart goes out to people who do, do not understand uh, Donald Trump and the, the Trump phenomena and the hatred for him. But let me just say it to you this way again, brothers and sisters, uh, their hatred for you, if you're watching right now and you're a born-again, spirit-filled believer, I promise you, their hatred for you is greater than their hatred for Donald Trump. Donald Trump at one time was one of them. They, 
They, they, they admired him. They embraced him when he was of them. And now that he's not of them and among them and for them, they just hate the guy. And I know God talked to me. He shared with me for the first time in my lifetime, my adult life, the election of 2016, and how that Donald Trump would be elected and that God would use him to reveal corruption, to reveal corruption, and that there would be opposition against him. I literally had a vision of the streets on fire, and I'm not sure that's the the trajectory we're still on this election cycle now of the hatred for this man and the persecution of him, now the prosecution of him, and I guarantee you there are many that if they could legally execute the man, they would. So we need to wake up on what's happening in our hour, this time and this season, and how that the real thing behind this is spiritual. And there is, make no mistake about it, brothers and sisters, there's animosity toward the gospel in our country now. There is a hatred against the Lord that is emerging, and the body of Christ needs to awaken. We don't need to be woke. We need to be awake in this hour. And so I want to share a scripture with you. Uh, Again, we'll take your calls today at 719-619-2341. Let me also encourage you in our prayer line and in regards to our prayer line. Andrew Walmack has one of the best prayer lines, I believe, in the world. And that's not hyperbole. I mean it with all my heart. It's the truth. Uh, it is amazing, this 24-hour, seven days a week prayer line and the prayer partners for this ministry. And we're going to need prayer. In our last uh, Truth and Liberty show, I had Alex McFarlane on, and we, we felt led to even pray for leaders on that program and to pray for our country. And so this prayer line is pretty awesome. 719, if you need prayer, and in the future, if you need prayer, this is where you need to call. 71, excuse me, 719-635-1111. 719-635-1111. And there's prayer partners standing, standing available that can agree with you that know how to pray what to pray in your situation. Many times we don't even know what to pray as we ought, but these people are led by the Holy Spirit and they can help you even hone in on what to pray and how to pray to get results. You know, I don't want to just pray. I want to pray and get results. <laughs> and so do these prayer, prayer partners. So that's the number if you want to call in for prayer. Let me look at a scripture here in regards to the deception that's happening in our world and how God wants to mature us. He wants to develop us so that we can see through deceivers and not be deceived. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul is encouraging young Timothy that all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. There is opposition to righteousness in an unrighteous world. There's opposition to a kingdom that is the kingdom of our Lord from the kingdoms of this world. The kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force, Matthew chapter 11. And so there's this opposition and this persecution. And again, if we stay on the path we're on, all all dictators, all Marxist, 
communist-type regimes begin to persecute people that oppose them. They'll prosecute them. And, of course, they'll execute them. They'll, they'll send them to the gulags uh, if, they, if they have a different political narrative than the, the people in power have. And that's the kind of the path we're on and we're evolving into, and most Christians can't see it. Others seem to have no concern about corrupt government. They seem to have no concern uh, for the evil that's, that's manifesting in our culture, almost like God talked about it, so we just roll with the punches. I am not rolling with the punches. You don't need to roll with the punches. While God has told us certain things will happen and warned us of things coming upon the earth, that doesn't mean we're to cooperate with it, agree with it in the sense of submitting to it. The scriptures teach in James chapter 4, we're to resist the devil. And we can't do that till we submit to God. Submit to God first, then resist the devil, and the Bible says he will flee. If we do not submit to God in this hour and we keep submitting to all this deception and evil, Satan will not flee. Satan will rule. And he came to steal, kill, and destroy. And these things are going to affect us, our children, our grandchildren that are happening in the, in the earth today. And so the next verse warns us of deception. In verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. That's an important scripture, brothers and sisters. We need to know who has been approved of God. Who can we listen to? You know, that's why Flashpoint is just absolutely amazing. And these men and these women, and again, Flashpoint's coming to Karis Bible College on February the 8th and the 9th. And when you look at how God is using them, it is amazing. God is raising up people that, that we can trust. It doesn't mean they're infallible. doesn't mean they don't make mistakes. Boy, there needs to be a lot said about that. And I actually had some questions I didn't get to in one of our, our broadcasts on what if somebody misses God? What if they misspeak? What if they prophesy and it doesn't come to pass? And I just ran out of time and I was hoping they would call back, uh, but they didn't call back at least on my, my program. But no one's infallible. No one's perfect after the flesh. We're perfect in our spirit. We're righteous and truly holy in our spirit. And our spirit is sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise and maintains that righteous and righteous standing no matter what happens in our outer man or our life. And so you have to be aware of that. On the other hand, we can't keep listening to people and putting, putting trust in people that lie and then lie upon their lies and then they double down on their lies. Uh, and that's what's happening in our culture is all this deception, people being deceived and deceivers. And so you need to have sources that are approved. Again, not perfect, but you know they love God. You know they're sincere in their approach to, to truth and to life and to the issues of life. And Paul is saying this, that you need to continue in the things that you've learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom 
Thou hast learned them. It's almost like it amazes me. People can, can see a pastor or a parachurch minister that's been approved, that, again, they're not infallible, but my goodness, they're 99% of the time they're right. Uh, their heart is 100% of the time right. And, and yet they'll listen to a news anchor. They'll listen to a professor. They'll listen to a politician. And you don't know these people's lives. You don't know their position in, in relation to God and faith in God and, and where they're coming from. And yet people will believe them. I can remember early in the ministry that I would, I would hear something on the uh, 6 o'clock news and, and it would be contrary to the Bible, contrary to the truth. It actually would be the polar opposite. And I would bring it up in a service that we cannot follow these things. We cannot believe these people. And I mean, people would just absolutely get upset because Walter Conkright said it or an, another news anchor said it. It must be true. It was in the news. No, if it's in the news, chances are, it's probably not true. That's why we have to vet some of these news outlets, and we still need to be cautious. We've got many news outlets right here on Truth and Liberty that have been vetted that have a conservative bent, but you have to even be cautious with them in some cases. The bottom line is, if God says this and the 6 o'clock anchor news that hates God says this, I would go with God professors that are anti-Christ and our children believe them and what they say who are outright deceivers and being deceived versus what God says. And so we need to be better equipped to see through deception and we need to have these safeguards that God's put on my heart to be teaching the body of Christ that'll help you stay on the straight and narrow, the straight gate and the narrow way that leads to eternal life, Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. No man's going to come unto the Father but by Him. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter how deceived they are and how excellent they are at deceiving. There are politicians, professors, and news outlets, and some ministers that are excellent at deception, and you need to be able to see through that. He says, you need to, to be assured not only of what you've learned, but from whom you learned it, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. And then he talks about how all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for, re, for reproof, for correction, for, for, for rebuke. Uh, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished, verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect or mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God's word will equip you, brothers and sisters, to discern the deception in the culture. God's word will equip you on how to counter the deception that's in the culture. God's word will equip us to be able to do the work of the Lord, the work of the ministry, it'll, it'll strengthen your inner man and it'll, it'll heighten your discernment. One of the ways you go from not discerning too well to being keen in your discernment is just getting in the Word of God. There's something about the Word of God, the Scriptures, 
that heighten your discernment. And it's like you can hear things and you can know immediately that is not true. Jesus put it this way, and it's quoted many times in this ministry and on truth and liberty. It's one of the foundational scriptures for truth and liberty is John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, that Jesus said this to those disciples who believed on him, that if you continue in my, in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Brothers and sisters, truth at any and every level always brings freedom or liberty. That's why this, this organization, this coalition is called the Truth and Liberty Coalition, that we know the power of truth. We know the power of liberty, that God is a God of liberty. Satan is a God of enslavement. That's why governments that enslave always have to remove God from the government. They have to ban the Bible. Why in these communist countries does the church have to go underground, and why do they ban Bibles? Because they can't lord over you, brothers and sisters. They can't continue to deceive the masses. They cannot empower themselves independent or with the Word of God in people's hearts and lives. They have to remove God's Word, and it's God's Word. Look at this again. Um, go back to verse 15 again, uh, brothers and sisters. That from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, which is deliverance and healing and prosperity through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. It's the scriptures and knowing the scriptures that cause you to have faith. That's why it's important that we remain a free society, that we remain a constitutional republic. It's for the gospel's sake. You know, a lot of times people get confused, especially immature or carnal Christians, when we, when we even mention politics or the Constitution or a constitutional republic. We're not, and I said this on the last broadcast with Alex McFarland, we're not a democracy. You'll hear people talk about, we're a democracy and we're about to lose democracy. A democracy is, is mob rule. A democracy is the majority, and especially in evil and, and uh, deception, would rule. We're a constitutional republic. We're a representative republic where there are individual rights, and those individual rights come from God, and they put protect the weak and the innocent and, and, and those that love God who may one day become a minority. That's what the country was founded on and the rights we have the, that are enumerated in the Constitution, they protect us from corrupt government. They protect our individual rights from being accused of a crime when there's not a crime that's even been committed so that, so that corrupt governments can imprison anyone who does not bow their knee to their lordship. And so we are not, again, a pure Democrat 
society, and the illustration I gave was uh, in a democracy, uh, two wolves and a lamb can vote on what's for dinner, and how many of you know the lamb is toast? It's over for the lamb. Uh, so we are a country not of men, but the rule of law, and those laws are intended to protect the innocent, to protect the weak. This, the, and these are all rights that come from God, and they're all based in, in biblical precedent. And the point I'm trying to make here is that the scriptures are what make you wise to be able to see through the corruption. The scriptures are what make us wise unto salvation, unto, unto deliverance from abusive government, deliverance from dictators and, 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 and despots and despotism. And, and on and on we can go with what happens when you take God out of government. It's not that, that I think government is the answer to any of our problems. It's not that I or, or my friends think government even is the solution to any of our problems. Government is not the solution to any of our problems, but they've become the source of most of our problems. <laughs> I'll say that again. Government is not the source of the solution of any of our problems. Jesus is. The Word is. Righteousness is. It's righteousness that exalts a nation. But government today is becoming the source of most of our problems. And the path we're heading on is not liberty. Because once you remove, remove God more and more and incremental, you lose liberty upon liberty upon liberty upon liberty. And one day you wake up and you can't drive your car. You're given a carbon passport and you're told you can only drive so many miles uh, and then be fined. Or, of course, you can buy uh, carbon credits from the government, that's coming, and, and you're not free to think and be free thinkers anymore. You're told how to think, what to think, and if you don't think in line with the dominant evil narrative, then you're off to the gulag or off to training sensitivity. That's what despotism looks like. That's what a police state looks like. And, and, and it's all around us, and it's increasing, and it's because we don't know the scriptures. How do Christians get so deceived by these deceivers that are growing worse and worse. They do not know the Holy Scriptures. They have not developed their discernment with and in the Word of God. And that's why this is so important. Karis Bible School is so important. You need to pray about attending. You need to pray about taking some online courses just to get you skilled in the Word of Righteousness. And again, there are many ministers God is raising up, sounding the alarm, many watchmen on the wall today. This is what Flashpoint is doing. And uh, man, you don't want to miss February the 8th and the 9th. I hope that you can be with us live. If not, you need to go to truthandliberty.net and it will be aired and live streamed. And I know it'll be a blessing to you. Make sure you're following some ministers that have been approved. Again, none of them are perfect. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not infallible. But boy, I love Jesus with all my heart. And I love the body of Christ. And I love truth. And I just have a disdain for deception and for deceivers. It's not that I don't love them and hope that they'll be saved and miss a devil's hell. 
but I'm not going to sit back and let them help send people and deceive people that wind up and will end in a devil's hell. We need to know the Holy Scriptures. They'll make you wise. Amen. And wisdom is the principal thing. Proverbs 4, 7. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. God loves us and wants to take us into liberty, not into bondage. Sin and evil produce death, slavery, and bondage. Jesus came to set us free from both. Well, I'll be back in 90 seconds and start taking your calls. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God, long before you were born. He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love, to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Hey everybody, Richard Harris here. I wanted to let you know that the Truth and Liberty live call-in show is now on Twitter. You can watch us there at 3.30 Mountain Time, 5.30 Eastern Time, five days a week. Just go and follow us on Twitter at Truth and Liberty Co. That's C-O. And remember, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So don't miss out. Watch us live on Twitter. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff, and I want to go to your calls here in just a moment. And, and we welcome your comments. We welcome your questions. Uh, we would pray that you would add to the quality of the program. And many of you, the Lord is speaking to you in this hour. Many of you have things to contribute, and we want to welcome you to call as well. Please try to keep your comments as brief as possible so that we can take as many calls as possible and answer as many questions. But the number is 719-719-619-2341. area code 619-2341. Let's go ahead and take a, a call from Myrna. And uh, Myrna is from California. And I appreciate you calling, Myrna. And what's your question or comment today? Did I lose you, Myrna? Hello? Oh, no. Are you there? There you are, Myrna. Can Hello. you hear me now? Hi. Yes, Hi. I can hear you. Hi, Excellent. Pastor Dwayne Sheriff. It's so nice to talk to you. Thank you. It's, it's my honor and my privilege. You sound, you sound very happy. <laughs> I'm, God is good. I'm a happy person. Um, I Amen. just have a comment. I just, I'm just, I just wanted to say that I'm so thankful for Truth and Liberty, and I just heard that um, Flashpoint is coming to Karis, and I've been following Flashpoint since they started. So, um, just, God. just wanted to say how thankful I am for all of you guys. Finally, 
I hear some pastors and churches get involved. It's something that um, that um, has been in my heart. I've, I've always talked to to believers about getting involved in our cities and in um, yes. And, you know, I mean, church, church needs to go out into the world. It's, um, you know, Amen. we're called to do. And so I I was very, very um, unhappy for a long time seeing pastors not wanting to speak on, on important issues. And in the last, I would say, three years, I see a lot of churches stepping yes. up and a lot of pastors. I feel like church is waking up and that. That's awesome. I'm very happy for that. Yeah, there's, we're we're in the early stages of a great awakening, and there there were a lot of reasons for that, Myrna. Uh, you know, we we have had it so good for so long in this constitutional republic, in this representative republic that the founders established that we just got comfortable. Many pastors they they simply got comfortable, and we we had so much favor in our cities. That, I mean, it was just a few decades ago, and, and I can tell by your voice and, and your heart. I'm not saying you're old. I would never say that, even if I knew it. <laughs> but I can tell that you've been around for a while, and and it just seemed like no one was engaging because we all came, most of us, out of a culture that was biblical-friendly. There were lost people. When I was a kid, Myrna, there were lost people that had morals, that had a conscience, that had principles that were based on the Bible. It didn't mean they were saved, uh, but they did have a knowledge of the Bible. They did have a knowledge of right and wrong. They did have a sensitive conscience. And so what happened was the church got comfortable in a culture that was Bible-friendly, moral-friendly. And you could see the decay in our morals, in our different institutions and society, then we went from moral-friendly, Bible-friendly, church-friendly to now um, opposition to morals, opposition to the Bible, uh, opposition to church. And so I think there was just a, a, a transition period where even the pastors were so comfortable, it's like it wasn't popular to begin to, to stand up now for things that we took for granted. But that's changing. So we're no longer comfortable in our pews, which is a good thing. Uh, the lion is roaring in Zion, and the people are being awakened. I think the pulpits are being awakened. They're also, let me say this too, Myrna, because many that are watching struggle with this. Uh, I know young people in, in our church struggled with any kind of issue politically because they were afraid that the pulpit would become a, a political organ for one of the political parties. And we had seen that. Young people had seen how that some churches definitely got involved, but politics got in the pulpit, and they brought politics itself into the pulpit. And the word that the Lord gave me a few decades ago was, I am not to allow politics into the pulpit and that the pulpit become a political organ and outlet for one of our political parties, whether it be Democrat or Republican. But I am to take the pulpit to our politics. See, I take the pulpit to our families and the raising and rearing of our families. I take the pulpit to our businesses. I'm actually working on and beginning the infant stages of a book with a, a very successful businessman 
where I have taken the politics to the business community. Excuse me, my bad. I've taken the pulpit <laughs> to the business community, and we're going to co-author, I believe, a book together. I, I take the pulpit to the city, and, uh, and on and on I can go. And so I don't believe our pulpits are to become political organs and just an arm of one of our parties, but I do believe we have to take what God says to our politics, what God says to our families, our businesses, our culture. Third thing I want to say that you mentioned, Myrna, is our cities. We need to be engaged locally. That's where the power of politics starts. And many people only engage in national politics, and that's where we're the least effective individually in change. But we can, we can invoke positive change locally if we just simply get engaged in our local, our local uh, politics and take the pulpit to the politics, not the politics to the pulpit. And then the last thing, why, why do churches and pastors not want to get involved? Politics is messy. Politics is, is, is a, a, a political blood sport. <laughs> I mean, these people are, are engaging in a power struggle, and many times they don't know how to wrestle except just with flesh and blood. And so that's why you see the nastiness in the politics. And I guarantee you, I struggle to this day with this. Uh, I do not like the nastiness of politics. But if I got a guy being nasty over here that's going to throw me in the gulags, that's going to cancel me on social media, that's going to shut my church down, that's going to make us go underground as Christians, and he's clear or she's clear at it, and I got a guy over here that believes in none of that, but I don't like him after the flesh, my decision is made easily on who I'm going to vote because our vote, brothers and sisters, is our peaceful protest against evil. Our vote is our voice against evil and corrupt men and women in government. Our vote is a peaceful means for change. That's why the vote is so important. That's why it's important that we get ourselves involved in politics. If things continue the way they go and according to history, world history, and according to the Bible, violence is on the horizon. And I'm not a violent person and I don't engage in violence, but there's a point where I have to defend my individual uh, life, my family's life, et cetera, et cetera. And we can either... We can either make and see change by ballot, or if things continue to erode, they always end in bullets. And that is not God's will. That is not God's plan. That is not what I want to see. So I'm going to vote. I'm going to engage and not become political in and of itself and look to politics as a God or my source for change. But my vote is my voice. And so I want to encourage you to get involved. And that's what Truth and Liberty is all about, is to better inspire you, equip you, inform you, educate you in the, in the things of our culture so that we can engage peacefully, we can engage righteously, we can make a stand. And after doing all to stand against all these principalities and wickedness that's in our culture, continue to stand. Thank you for calling, Myrna. I appreciate it. 
We've got another question that was submitted. Uh, why do we call the immigrants illegal when our government invites them into our country? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, our government is doing something illegal by inviting them into the country illegally. They are illegal immigra immigrants if they do not go through the legal process of immigration. I don't know what's difficult about this, except deception and deceivers and people that are excellent in deception. They can snow the American people on how compassionate it is to break our federal laws, to commit a felony. They can claim to be sanctuary cities, and then when Governor Abbott from Texas buses illegal immigrants to the sanctuary cities. Now they whine and bemoan and, and they need money, more money, uh, not realizing just a few illegal immigrants and the stress it puts on their, on their local government, not realizing Texas, I live in Oklahoma, the stress of hundreds of thousands coming across our border illegally. And they won't even say these, these deceivers that are bent on deceiving, they will not use the term illegal immigrant. They'll use a term like migrants, that these people are just migrating uh, and that there's nothing wrong with breaking borders, nothing wrong with illegally going into a country. And yet I, I submit to you, if they tried to do what illegal immigrants are doing in other countries, even Mexico, try, try going into Mexico illegally. <laughs> Boy, you'll get a rude awakening, brothers and sisters. And so they're called illegal immigrants because that is what they're doing and committing is breaking our federal law and entering the country illegally. And it's not that we don't love people. It's that a country without borders is no longer a country. And if we can't hold illegal immigrants accountable, how can we hold drug lords accountable? How can we hold anyone who breaks any law accountable if we won't hold breaking our border and crossing our border illegally? And that is the spirit of the devil. He's called, and one of his titles is the lawless one. He's wanting to produce chaos, and that's what we have, and that's what's going on, and, and we need to, to secure our border. Um, another question came in, what is the greatest threat to our country today? I believe the greatest threat, and I'd have to think this out. I really, I really haven't thought it out. Um, there are so many threats. Uh, again, terrorists crossing the border illegally is a, a great threat, and make no mistake about it, there are politicians that are hoping for a terrorist attack that they're helping create by not securing our border so that they can ride in on the white horse and rescue us, removing more of our civil rights, the legal citizen, the law-obeying citizen. They always want to take our rights away in the name of protecting us from people that would harm us. And yet, and yet if they were serious about it, they would quit uh, sending the FBI uh, to, to school board meetings, to pro-life marches, 
and things of that nature, and they would use the FBI to protect us from, from terrorism, true terrorism. They wouldn't be calling the U.S. citizen terrorists like they're, like they're branding us. Uh, make no mistake about it, Christian, one day you will be called as a Christian. If we continue, we don't see God's intervention, you will be called a terrorist one day. If you read your Bible, you'll be called a person that is an extremist and that is reading hate speech. That's how the devil works. That's how the deceivers work. And we need to call it out in love, and we need to encourage good people to do the right thing. All right, let's go back to, to our, our phones. I'll go ahead and take uh, one of my favorite callers, uh, Frank. Uh, Frank is from Missouri. He's a frequent caller, and he's such a blessing. Uh, Frank, thanks for being so faithful, brother. Hey, Pastor Ray, uh, it's such a privilege, man. It, it, it just, you know, when I'm at a loss for words, uh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> but it over, I believe that, Frank. Over, <laughs> and, you know, the bottom line is that, you know, hey, today I, I did a, uh, a 14-minute video on, uh, on grace and truth and use some of your, uh, uh, I was reading through it and meditating through it. That, that book has helped me to get into the Bible, man. And Good. put these videos on and preaching, uh, uh, you know, grace and truth. And I just wanted to say this, man, that uh, grace and truth, there's a Paris church that's two blocks away. Yesterday, uh, Pastor Womack, uh, uh, he he mentioned Jeannie Rhodes. I didn't get to talk to him. I didn't get it on the program. But anyways, I'm all over the place, man, right now. And, uh, you know, the blessing of, uh, of I, I was in color. I was a conscientious objector in 1970. I, I spent uh, about three months in, in Fort Carson, Colorado, outside of a mountain. So I sort of kind of have a vendetta on, on the enemy of my soul to finish my race in the gospel and, and the glory Amen. of God that, and, the, and the privilege of being able to, uh, uh, of being around people that are like you that have the anointing and understand what the, what the word of God is about. And, uh, uh, and, and, and anyways, I'm just bursting myself, uh, and I'm going through stuff that I just can't, I can't even put it into words, man. It's almost like a, if they're listening to me right now, man, they might come busting through the door. They tried to do that the other day, man. No, 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 uh, Frank. Uh, so many people, uh, they think we're extreme. Uh, they think we are promoting uh, uh, theories, conspiracy theories, when we talk about the police state. Uh, no, many of us are already experiencing these things, and we certainly see it clear. Uh, but I believe God's intervening. I believe there's a great awakening. I believe people are going, whoa, wait a minute. I am not going to participate in this any longer. I'm certainly not going to vote for people that hate God, hate the Bible, hate morality. It, it's, it's turning, and it's because of people like you and making posts like that. I want to encourage all of our listeners, take Andrew's stuff. Uh, take some of my stuff, Alex McFarlane, Richard Harris. Take our take our our things and 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 post them, 
Uh, rewrite them in your own words. Get the message out of God's love for people and that God cares about our future individually and he cares about nations and the state of nations and is calling the nations to repentance. And so let's go to your question, Frank, before I let you go. We've got other callers. Um, what was your question? Yeah, so the question is about your new book. I, I just wondered what your what your new book, and this one that's rhythms, I, I literally have, I mean, the, what do you call it, the binding's coming undone. <laughs> I've been reading it so much and, and meditating through some of the stuff that you say. You really is really profound the way that you you take some of the Apostle Paul's uh, I statements and you know, and bring them 2,000 years later, glory to God. Yeah, yeah amen. Yeah. Let, me, let me stop you there before you go to your question. Um, this is what's a mystery to me. People think if the Apostle Paul was alive today, he would be addressing the same issues of that culture uh, and, and ignore all of the relevant issues of our culture, of our lives. When we talk about culture, we're talking about our lives we're talking about the season in time and the section of time in which we are the witnesses for Jesus. And to think we would not invoke the gospel into culture is amazing to me because Paul Paul would. And that rhythms of grace, I deal with that. Um, actually, my books are becoming more and more popular as, as, as programs like this afford me uh, exposure. My counterculture my counterculture book deals with the issues of today and, and, and how, how, do we, how do we involve ourselves? How do we speak the truth in love? How do we, and what actions do we take? Certainly it in violence, like the left in this country participates in, they will definitely engage in violence. God told me they would, and then they'll blame us for the violence, especially if we defend ourselves. And yet Christians will be deceived about this because of their immaturity. We just simply need to grow up. So the next book, to answer your question, the next book that I have coming out um, is actually called Divine Guidance. Divine Guidance. And I teach in this book, Frank, on, on how to discern the voice of God, how to test and judge whether or not you're hearing God. Is this God speaking to me? Is this my own mind? I deal with those issues. I deal with the language of the Holy Spirit. Man, I miss the voice of God for decades because I didn't know it wasn't necessarily an audible voice. And so I document biblically the voice of God in Scripture and how God speaks to us. And I believe that He wants to speak and is speaking, ironically enough, to all of us. We just don't discern the voice of the Lord at large. He is leading us as many as are the sons of God. The same are led by the Spirit of God, Romans chapter 8 says. So we just need to learn to heed the leading, and that's what's happening in our country today. People are waking up, they're learning to discern, and they're heeding the leading. That's in my next book called Divine Guidance. Thanks for calling, Frank. I love you, brother. You are an awesome brother. Remember, the next time I'm in Missouri, and I'm sure I, I haven't looked at my schedule, it's, it's, it's voluminous, <laughs> it's overwhelming, on, on speaking engagements, but I'm pretty sure I'm back in Missouri this year, and I'd love to meet you, Frank. Thanks for calling. Let's go to Tim from Wisconsin, and I believe that Tim has called before. If it's the Tim I'm thinking, you're a, you're a very gracious man. 
If not, I'm sure you're gracious, Tim. Thanks for calling. Yes, Brother Duane, I've called before. In fact, I met you in Northern Illinois a couple of years ago when you were speaking at I, Beloved Church. I remember you now. So, Thank you. I remember Thank my you kids. I've got several kids that are, yeah. Yep. I've, anyway, <laughs> You've I, got an army, brother. <laughs> I do. I've got 10 kids. Yes, you do. So my question, yeah. um, first of all, I just want to say how much I appreciate what you stand for. I mean, I've probably told you this before when I called, but I, I just... I'm so thankful for voices like yours and Andrew and Alex and Richard and, you know, Flashpoint and that are speaking the truth against the deceptions in our culture. And that's kind of kind of what, what I'm leading up to in my question. Um, okay. The de deception thing, I, I actually just finished. Well, actually, I was listening to an auto, auto, audio book, your, your book on erasing offense. So, yes, sir. I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking a lot of the, a lot of the things you taught in your your recent teaching on um, safeguards against deception and how not to let those reactions to um, to deception lead to offense. And the reason I'm asking yes. that is mainly yes. because of a former pastor of mine that I was once real close with actually discipled me when I was a single young man trying you know coming out of the a legalistic background coming into a more of a spirit-filled background. Um, and, and he gradually over time got more, got more moderate and went woke and kind of liberal. And, you know, when 2020 came along and the, all the deception with the with COVID and the vaccines, my wife and I were pretty, we were kind of waking up to the dangers of some of those things before COVID came along, especially with vaccines and starting to question some things. And so when, you know, when they started pushing all that stuff, we could, you know, we were just like, yeah, there's, there's this, there's a serious agenda behind this. But my pastor yes. at the time, on the other hand, you know, went completely along with it, shut the church down, made everybody wear masks after they finally started meeting again in open air in the park kind of thing. <laughs> and I struggle with, um, how do I rightly stand against what I believe is deception? And I'm sure you would agree based on what you've shared, <laughs> you know, what I know you stand for and yet not take offense at this brother. I believe he's a brother. Hope he still is, you know. Um, <laughs> but stand against it. Because I, I tell people, yeah. you know, friends that I used to go to church with at that church, that most most of the people I was close with left too. Because they were probably more minded like me. And how to, But I tell people, it's like, like this pastor sold out the church for political correctness. And, but yeah. I also don't want to be so adamant against against. You know, when it's someone that I was close with and, and you know, other people I'm close with were close with this pastor as well, where I'm not unloving and just respond in offense. And it kind of brought all that up again when I was recently listening to the audio. You listened to your book yes. about, deceptive, or about I, offense. I don't want I, to have offense. I, I don't want to promote I, offense. I really appreciate that. This is, this is, this is the challenges that we truly, who are believers— have in front of us is that is how the world responds to God is they're offended at God. This is how they responded. The world religion responded to Paul was in great offense. Uh, the people who literally killed Jesus were deeply offended and, and, and hate got in their heart. Offense, as I teach in that book, erasing offense if it goes unresolved, it, it will turn 
into some form of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will morph into bitterness, which is a form of, of hate. And we're not to go there. And, and that is the challenge. That's the nuance of how do we stand. And that's why we need each other and we need the scriptures. And we need to be truly spirit-led people because we can't take offense at even the world that is anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-moral, anti-justice, even in the name of justice. (laughs) The world is burning businesses down, killing innocent people in the name of justice. That is the epitome of, of offense and hate. And so we can't render hate for hate. Um, again, I dealt with that in my book called uh, Counterculture, how the church has to be a counterculture. So I'm not going to be able to finish this, Tim, so I hope you hold on through the break. Break. I'd like to come back to you. But we do have to learn to keep offense out of our heart. And fellow believers that are weak, we have to love them because we've been weak and we needed love. We do need mercy and extend extend mercy not only to people who don't know Jesus, but people who are Jesus followers but are being deceived, we have to still be merciful. Now, the problem with answering this question with a straight-up black or white answer is that's why we need the Holy Spirit, is in some cases a brother that is deceived and is harming might need rebuked, might need confronted. I, I... I, I think in your case, even Tim, and I guarantee you're not the only one experiencing this, churches are filled with, with pastors that are going woke and the parishioners don't know what to do. Well, you do need to go to your pastor. You do need to ask for clarification. You do need to love them enough to, to ask. I'm not talking about jump on them, confront them, rebuke them. Uh, you need to be respectful. But it's okay to go to your pastor and say, here's where I'm at. Here's where it looks like you're going What's going on? Well, I'll pick that up in our next and last segment when we get back. I'll be back in 90 seconds. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff, and we're taking your calls. You can call us at 719-619-2341. 719-ERI CODE, 619-2341. We'd love to have your comments and have you contribute to the program. We'd also like to welcome your questions, and hopefully I can answer or at least send you where you can get an answer because I don't have all the answers. But we're looking at Tim's question, which is over the top, very important, needs addressed regularly, and that is, what do you do when your pastor's going woke? What do you do when your pastor appears to be going politically correct? Well, first of all, you need to pray for your pastors. Pray for those that rule over us. Uh, Intercede for them. Uh, Second, you've got to understand your pastor, I guarantee you, is under pressure. Just like politicians are accosted and assaulted by the media, there are people that are attacking our pastors all the time. So this is why many times your pastor may become defensive, is they're under such assault that they're trying to just, in many cases, make peace. And unfortunately, compromise is not the way to make peace with the devil. You cannot (laughs) compromise Uh, in the name of peace with the devil, uh, if you give him an inch, I promise you he'll take more than a mile. And so these pastors are under such pressure right now from both sides that I, I recommend praying for sure, but then go to them, but go to them in a a spirit of humility, go to them and don't go with a self-righteous, uh, condescending attitude or a better than thou or smarter than thou attitude, but it is okay to ask your pastors questions and where are we going? Explain to me why. Because remember, they're they're supposed to be coaches, they're shepherds. And if they're going in a direction and it's creating a problem for you, they owe you an explanation so that you can follow them. And uh, in most cases, you're not going to be able to follow them, but you can be merciful, compassionate, and loving. Uh, And we have to maintain that as a true believer Uh, Did that help, Tim? Are you still with us? Yes, yes, I'm still here. Um, Yes, um, I'm not currently going to that church anymore. In fact, we haven't for four years almost now. And, but, you know, I still run into a lot of people that, you know, that that I went to church with there and and it it comes up all the time. And and when I I parted ways, we parted ways, you know, peaceably. You know, I had a a conversation. I kind of laid some things out where I'm at and he knew. He knew, and we had, we had discussions all the time. I had asked him questions, and and I love talking about the word, and you know. But Amen. it was obvious to both of us that we were going in two different directions. But you know, in the last four years, I, like I said, I've told a lot of people that you know this pastor sold out the church for the sake of political correctness, and I'm wondering sometimes, like, do I do I say too much? Do I do I say this from a sense of offense and reaction? You know, I I, I just I'm trying to guard my heart against just. Well, I I just admire you. It it, it sounds like I wasn't there. I don't know all the details, but it sounds like you you did your best. You did it right. Um, You parted ways uh, in peace. Uh, You're not undermining him and trying to hurt the church in any way. But again, this is something that is a level that the body of Christ has got to continually aspire unto, and that is how to love people we disagree with. Uh, you know, Andrew, he's a good friend and I admire him and, uh, I appreciate so much his modeling of how he loves people 
but doesn't agree with certain things. And we're all going to disagree about something. It's like marriage. Sue and I don't agree 100% on everything, but we love one another. And, uh, and we're, we're compassionate to one another in our disagreements. Um, the body of Christ needs to learn how that we're to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace until we come to the unity of the faith. All these divisions, even over, over things in the Bible, are not healthy. Now, there has to be a unity on the essentials, who Jesus is, the Son of God, how we're saved by grace through faith, not of works. Uh, there are some essentials that we have to have unity on. But there's so many non-essentials, we need to be compassionate and loving and merciful as we work them out. And things are going to get rougher, Tim. I think they're going to get rougher in the church. I think that, that we're going to see a real clash of the kingdoms of this world with the kingdom of our God. And one day we know biblically that heaven itself is going to be shook. And everything that can be shook is going to be shook. And our churches that are going the way of the world, when the world gets shook, why would we think our church won't get shook? We need to take progressive shakings now <laughs> as, we, as we enter the kingdom of God. So you're, you're awesome, Tim. Thank you so much for calling. Let's go to, um, ah, is it Lies from Canada? I, uh, Liza, um, I apologize. What is your, how do you say your name? It's Lise, actually. Lise. <laughs> it's a tough name. All right. Yeah. It, it had an yeah. I, and I, I went with the I sound versus the E sound. So, Lise, <laughs> okay. thank you for calling, and thank you for loving the host today. What's oh, your question? Thank you for loving us. I really enjoy the programs. I listen all day long, believe it or not. Um, my question actually is almost dovetails with Tim's question. Um, I'm okay. an American living in Canada, and um, okay. I've been visiting some churches in my region and found something unexpected. Um, some pastors and leaders are ending their prayers with, in Christ's name. Some are ending with, in his name. Some are ending their prayers with, in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, my Christian formation came in the southern United States, and we use the model from John 16, 23, which is, Jesus said, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So we pray to the Father, and we end in Jesus' name. And I just wondered what your thoughts were on these variations to endings of prayer. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Um, I pastored in a region decades ago uh, where the um, there were certain groups that would baptize not in the name of Jesus or demand that you baptize in the name of Jesus, and others would baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and it just created controversy. And uh, um, I had to do a study, and, and Liz, let me encourage you, I, I got on my website um, prayer, a series on prayer, and I deal with praying even in the name of Jesus, and what does that mean? Uh, and so I resolved the problem in baptism uh, with teaching our people and then baptizing people. I would, <laughs> I would baptize people 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the fullness of the Godhead dwells, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so then I would tell them when you're confronted and, and people say, were, were you baptized in the name of Jesus? Say yes. If they confront you and say, were you baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Say yes, uh, because I baptized them in the name of Jesus, in whom the fullness of God, Colossians chapter 2 says, uh, the fullness of the Godhead dwells, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I think we need to be a little bit careful with being legalistic about the tag. Uh, because praying in the name of Jesus means a lot more than ending your prayer with the phrase, in the name of Jesus. When we pray in the name of Jesus or the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are praying in His stead according to His righteousness, according to the work of the cross and the grace of God through our faith. With that said, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to, to take both sides of the fence here. Um, I do believe that we need to use the name of Jesus but understand what it means to use the name of Jesus uh, and that it's not just a tag, a, a, a magical phrase that's going to put some credence to your prayers, but it's when we pray in the name of Jesus, we're praying in his stead. We're praying according to his will. We're praying according to his righteousness and things of that nature. But I think praying in the name of Jesus will come under assault, and I'm not judging these, these people. I don't know them well enough to make a, a judgment call. I certainly don't want to judge after appearance. Jesus said not to do that. But in the book of Acts, they were forbidden specifically not to preach in the name of Jesus. Do not invoke the name of Jesus. It is the name of Jesus that is a threat to the principalities and powers. And uh, as we see woke culture in the world increase, as we see political correctness like a cancer take over the minds of, of the innocent and, and many times ignorant, uh, there will be an assault on the name of Jesus. There will be a day come, even in America and probably Canada for sure, uh, where you can't say the name of Jesus that that will be considered in, inciting violence, inciting hate speech. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big believer in the name of Jesus. I just want to make sure the listeners understand. I don't think it's the verbiage that's the power. It's the person and what he did to the principalities. So I hope that helps. I really appreciate you calling. You're very, you're very precious. All right. Um, what... One of the questions that came in that I wanted to, to answer is, what prophets do you trust? Now, I don't know if the, the caller uh, that wants to remain anonymous, I don't know if they're, they're asking me specifically what prophets do I trust, um, or they're asking in general what prophets do we trust. Well, the ones that have been approved. <laughs> the ones that have been tested, the ones that walk in humility, uh, because all of them are going to miss it. Now, that's not a negative confession. Again, our ministerial gift that God has given us in Ephesians chapter 4 talks about these fivefold ministry gifts that there are prophets, apostles, uh, evangelists, 
pastors and teachers. These are ministry gifts. These are anointings that are on imperfect vessels. None of us are perfect vessels. And of course, under the old covenant law, if the prophet missed it, you were to stone them. Well, where's the grace and truth and mercy of the new covenant in regards to our prophets? We do have to be merciful to the prophets. We do have to understand they're not infallible. And uh, even 1 Corinthians 14 says, let the prophet speak two or three at the most. This is in a gathering, a public gathering, the assembling of the saints. Let the, let the prophet speak two or three at the most, and then let the others judge. We do have to judge what prophets say, and we have to be cautious in our judgment. Well, that's a whole program. I may, I may take a program and talk about judgment and sound judgment and how we are to judge because the immature believers in the body of Christ are easily deceived by the world under demonic delusion that says things like we shouldn't judge. The devil would like nothing more than you to never judge. And if you don't learn to make righteous judgments, you're going to be deceived. Your life is going to be destroyed. Your marriages are going to collapse. You're not going to be able to raise functional children if you can't judge righteously. If you can't judge what time they need to go to bed and make a, a, a sound judgment of a bedtime, your kids are going to stay up all night. They're not going to be able to be educated etc., etc., and stay awake in school. You don't judge what they eat. They're going to eat candy all day long. <laughs> anyway, this takes more explanation, but we do need to learn to judge. And while we don't judge the prophet, this is where we make mistakes because we're immature, I believe, in the body of Christ at large. I believe the body of Christ, I don't even want to give you the percentage of what I believe we are in our immaturity versus maturity. But I guarantee you the majority of people who claim to be Christians today, they're immature at best. They're carnal. They, they don't know how to judge righteously, and then they make bogus judgments or, or reactive judgments or poor judgments. Um, and so we need to judge what the prophets say. And again, it's, it's, I just think we need a lot of caution and be careful, but we just can't believe everything a so-called prophet says, and we certainly can't act in faith if we haven't tested what was said. And there are ways God has given us to test the spirits. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says, do not believe every spirit. There's actually a place in the Bible that says don't believe everything, uh, but test the spirits. Look at this. Thank you to the staff. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That was early in the inception of the church. How many false prophets are out there today? People don't track with me when I say this, but I think most anchors on the 6 o'clock news are false prophets. They just couldn't get in a pulpit to deceive the masses, so they got a, a position as an anchor on one of these mainstream media outlets to where they are prophesying under the inspiration of demons. It's false prophecies that they're prophesying. Um, again, much of that is in the church. We see it mainly in the world today, but if the pastors don't wake up, it's going to infect and affect the church where there'll be false prophecies and false prophets 
in the church, and we'll have to judge what they say. Well, how do you quickly judge what a prophet says? A, does it line up with the Word of God? Does it line up with clear Scripture? Uh, that's number one. Number two, your spirit should bear witness to the Spirit of God or against the spirit of Antichrist. And so a lot of times you'll just get this check, and that's when in our immaturity we judge the prophet. We say things we shouldn't say against these men and women. And God, thank God for his compassion and mercy and patience on us. But we've got to grow up and quit stoning the prophets verbally in the new covenant like they stoned them physically in the old covenant and and to give some give some some freedom here uh, in the area of they're not infallible. On the other hand, we just can't believe everything a so-called prophet that has even been approved as a prophet. We have to be discerning and we have to learn to make righteous judgments on what they say, not on them. Um, this is a great question. I'm probably not the right person to answer it, but I'll, I'll defer to someone who can. A question came in, how do I safely contribute financially to a political candidate? Uh, whoever asked that question, I want to encourage you to either call in. That would be a great call-in question because other people need to hear, hear these questions. But Richard Harris is one of our hosts that I think is the most qualified to answer a question like that because I've got personal reservations about contributing to a politician because of, of the police state. And again, people think it's a conspiracy theory. Uh, there's no police state. We've lost our mind and we are deceived if we can't see the police state that like communist countries who arrest a man and then they search for a crime so that they can protect their power. That's what's happening in our po politics today in the judiciary and how politicians are using the judiciary to accuse people that under a Republican and a representative republic where we have laws and rights and we're presumed innocently innocent till proven guilty, now people are called guilty on national TV. They're, they're politically prosecuted and then they search for the crime. That's what's happening. That's called a police state. And again, that's coming to a town near you soon if we don't wake up. But I believe the Great Awakening is coming and we're going to get back to personal liberties that come from God, the, the right to our property, the right to representation uh, and an attorney, and the right to be presumed innocent till proven guilty. Those are all rights that come from God and that are enshrined within our Constitution. And so I believe that those who are contributing to a certain party in this particular age that we live in, I believe the FBI is monitoring those things. One of the reasons these political, evil, corrupt people want to go to a digital currency and to a central bank is so they can monitor all of our transactions, monitor who we gave money to and come after us because we supported MAGA. If you are make America 
great again, MAGA person, you're, you're now considered a terrorist. You're a threat. And if you give to a candidate that claims to be a, a, a MAGA supporter, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the FBI one day doesn't come after you. Uh, so I'm concerned about this well as well and don't know how to do this. But Richard Harris is our on-campus lawyer. He, he understands the law and, and just knows things that the average guy like you and me is not going to know. So please get a hold of Richard Harris and ask that question. I'm interested in the answer as well. All right, let's go back to our phones. We have a few minutes left. This is Wendy. We welcome Wendy to the program from Ohio. Thank you for calling. Wendy, what is your question, please? Um, I was wondering, what, how, what, how do you find out what your spiritual gifts are? Yeah, that's a great question, and um, a lot of the churches I'm affiliated with and Victory Life that I'm an elder in, I'm not the pastor of Victory Life, uh, but I am a, a lead elder in Victory Life. We actually have classes that help you discover uh, your gifts. Um, we have uh, opportunities to minister and serve. One of the ways you find out your gifts is by serving the body of Christ. One of the ways you discover your spiritual gifts, that some of them we were born with, that's the grace of God at our first birth. We just have gifts that we're good at certain things and we're not so good at other things. Uh, and God created us that way and we're supposed to honor one another's natural gifts from our first birth. But at your second birth and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there are nine spiritual gifts that are given. Uh, there are also gifts in Romans chapter 12. I want to encourage you to go read, Wendy, Romans chapter 12. It talks about these spiritual gifts that are among us of administration, the gift of mercy, the gift of giving. While, while we all are to give, certain people have a gift to give. How do you discover that? You just start giving and you'll discover that A, God begins to prosper you in a supernatural way supernatural way, and that you just have a joy in giving. That's a spiritual gift. Others have the gift of mercy. Uh, sometimes, man, I find myself in situations, I need somebody that has that gift of mercy. And so how do they discover it? By serving the body of Christ, you discover that you just have this compassion for people and that where others are short in their patience, you just seem to have long suffering and just mercy. So you discover your gifts by getting in the Word of God, number one. Number two, you discover your gifts by serving in the body of Christ. This is why God has called us all and told us in Hebrews chapter 10, about verse 24, to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but we are to provoke one another to love and good works as we see the day approaching. The day approaching is the appearing of Jesus and his kingdom, the second advent. And as we see that day approaching, we assemble together and we provoke one another to love each other and to do good works. As you start to do good works by faith, not by legalism, but by faith, you'll just begin to discover the Holy Spirit will begin to show you. The Holy Spirit will begin to use you like the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As you begin to engage in loving people, the gifts kick in. 
That's what the gifts are for, is, is for us to supernaturally love people with a, a aid, the Holy Spirit, where we can't love them after the flesh like they need love, but in loving them, the Holy Spirit manifests, and these gifts just start to manifest. You know, I discovered my gift to teach actually playing tennis in college. That's when I learned that the gifts, gifts, plural, and calling, singular, of God are without repentance. God didn't revoke my gifts. And I was actually innocently and ignorantly using my gifts in a worldly sense and in the world. But God loved me and he didn't, he didn't revoke my gifts. And I began to discover before I even had my vision of the cross in May of 1980 that I just loved teaching. You discover your gifts by serving and then passion. There'll be a passion. There'll be an excitement in your gift. When you get in your gift set, there's passion, there's joy, there's excitement. When you get out of your gift and your gifts and the gifts set that God has given you in the Holy Spirit, boy, life becomes tough and rough. And so I hope that helps, Wendy. Uh, I'm going to give you a, a shot at a follow-up to make sure I answered it. We got just a little over four minutes left. Did that help? Yes, it did. Thank you so much. Um, I That gives me hope. <laughs> yeah, and let me say this to you, Wendy, uh, as well. Uh, even if you're not uh, operating uh, in a church or functioning in a church, and there's right. lots of people that are struggling with church right now, I get that. Mm -hmm. uh, even at work, just loving people. See, the gifts are in the Holy Spirit. They're of the Holy Spirit. So Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So when you reach out to a co-worker or a friend or a family member and you have compassion on them and you love them and you're serving them, that's what love does. Uh, love, if you see somebody hungry, you don't just pray for them, you go get them food. If you see somebody naked, love doesn't just say, be warm and filled. No, love looks and sees, do I have two coats? Give them a coat. So love is, is this action of serving and meeting needs. So even at work, you'll discover if you reach out to a coworker uh, and they're, they're struggling in their marriage, you'll, you'll start to minister to them and just love on them. If you have, for instance, the gift of wisdom, God will just give you supernatural wisdom to serve them and to help them and to save their marriage. Maybe the gift of the word of knowledge, that you'll just get a, you'll just know something and, and it's not out of your carnal mind, it comes out of your spirit and it's the word of it's a word of knowledge. See, the gifts aren't just for church. As a matter of fact, <laughs> the gifts should should be working in the marketplace. The gifts should be working. When you see the the apostle Paul working and flowing in the gifts, he's in the marketplace. He's, in, he's among heathen and, and worshipers of false gods and his spirit gets stirred. So just start loving people and serving people and recognize, learn to recognize, hey, God's speaking to me here. And you'll develop those gifts and then you'll get confident in them. It takes a while. I'm very confident in my gifts now because I've just operated in them for so long. So thanks for the call. It was awesome. And I know, Wendy, it helped a lot of other people. So thanks for, thanks for calling. Um, um, another question that came in, anonymous, we've got just a couple of minutes, is what news sources 
do you use? Now, again, I, I, when they when they remain anonymous and they offer questions, I'm not sure of the of the spirit of the question. Uh, I don't know if they're asking what news sources do I use, um, or what news sources and they're speaking in general do you use? Meaning all of us. But let me recommend truthandliberty.net. <laughs> go go to truthandliberty.net, then, then tap on the, the button that says resources. And when the resources pop up, there'll be a 24-7 news feed that's updated every 15 minutes. And at least go there because these are somewhat vetted. We, we're not perfect and our staff at vetting all news sources, and anybody can, can be misled and mislead others. But these news sources basically have been vetted, and they're not purposely deceiving anyone. That's the difference between our humanity and the devil hijacking our humanity. In our humanity, we all make mistakes. We all misspeak. Um, I said something on one of the previous programs that I named a name, and it's why I don't like to name names. I got the name wrong, and, and, and I can't fix that. And so I try to be careful and cautious, but anybody can misspeak. That's different than me now purposely preparing to use the wrong name to lead people astray to fulfill a self-seeking narrative or ambition and political power. And that's what the news media at large do. They don't misspeak. They don't make mistakes. They plan it out. They vet it out. And, and they all get on the same page of the lie. Then when they're confronted, blame the one that's confronting you, attack the one that's confronting you, and then double down on the lie. That's the deceivers that are in our world today that are deceiving so many. So I just want to encourage you to, to seek out uh, news outlets that are faithful. Well, thanks for being a part of Truth and Liberty. I'll see you again soon. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.